Hey, creepy people. This is PNW Haunts and Homicides. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Cassie. Together, we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the Pacific Northwest. We're just two normal ish friends who wanted more creepy local stories. Our episodes start with a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on each topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. Come join us. We've got plenty of wine, laughs, and stories to share. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous as well as lesser-known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13 and Forest Park. As well as our spooky stories from Pike Place in the Oregon Vortex on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and many more. For all of you that are listening, if you have any true crime or paranormal stories that you want us to share, maybe with the whole Pacific Northwest, they don't have to be from the Pacific Northwest if you would like to share, email us at pnwhauntsandhomicides at gmail.com. It's all spelled out, no special characters. Last but certainly not least, head over to Patreon to support the show and we can provide even more creepy content. Have, Have a, a creepy, creepy ass, ass day. day. You're listening to the Friends Stalking Nerdy Podcast Network. Friends Stalking Nerdy. Um, I'm sorry, whose idea was it to sexualize Santa again? If your friends are nerdy and you are nerdy too, I want to talk to you. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Friends Talking Nerdy. This is Tim the Nerd, and joining me across the table, we have Your Holiness with your coffee, the Reverend Tracy. How you doing? Caffeinated. Well, I mean, half caffeinated. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta, I'm still limiting that stuff. But uh, now I'm coming off of a pretty proud week, pretty proud ro- moment um, for anybody that follows on the TikTok, the Reverend Tracy account. I ruined a Christmas song. Yeah, um, and it was funny. I, I mean, it was in my heart, is what it was. I've, I've kind of wanted to do this as a little bit of a joke, like for a little while now, and that's just kind of you know, making fun of what is my least favorite Christmas song um, <laughs> of all of the songs that end up playing in public. <laughs> And so decided to have some fun with it. And then the double greatness was uh, I got to ruin it for a coworker. It came on. Because, <laughs> of course, we're having our holiday party and we're playing, you know, my boss, like, hooked up to the Bluetooth speaker and went to Spotify and found, like, oh, Christmas party playlist. Okay. And inevitably, on comes Santa Baby. And I start laughing. And my coworker said... Oh, this song? And I was like, yeah, this song. And so (laughs) 
I guess she had never like listened to the lyrics. Yeah. Right? Because when it plays in the background of grocery stores and stuff, it's just this jingle that's kind of in the background of everything. And you know the Santa baby. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all a lot of people know. And I do think it was really funny, like, <laughs> outside of the party situation, there was a commenter. Granted, we talked, we laughed. He wasn't being an asshole about it. So I want to preface it. Not one of those. But it's funny, like, how quick people will just go up to bat for something and just kind of make up something that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, they won't know any facts about, like, the song or the holiday. It was like, oh, well, it was this. And what it was was he had said that this was written about a significant other, which, of course, made the reverend go, oh, really? And then I looked into it and learned more funny things about the song. So I thought it'd be worth it just to have a little micro-nerd out about Santa Baby at the head of the show. Let's do it. (laughs) So I did find this on americansongwriter.com, and it's behind the song Santa Baby. And basically, it doesn't sound any more deep than what it seems to be about, which is essentially a woman talking to Santa like he's a sugar daddy. This is not, I'm talking to my significant other that is dressed as Santa. It was very much written as Sugar Daddy um, by a man named Philip Springer. And it was actually commissioned for, how do you say her name? Eartha Kitt. It is Eartha. Okay. Eartha Kitt and Javits per, for performance. Like he he was told, hey, write this, write a song. Christmas song. She was kind of, you know, Kitts was known for her sultry growl and pounce, which I think was phrased very much on purpose because I had learned through Tim the Nerd that she played one of the Catwomans. Yes, uh, that happened like a decade after this song. This song was created in 1953. Batman, of course, was late 60s, but it was because of songs like Santa Baby that got her the attention. (laughs) Exactly. So... You know, she, it was very much written for this woman who already knew to have kind of this sultry voice. So I yeah. guess when <laughs> Springer turned it in, he apologized to his co-author. And basically, uh, like when he wrote it, I never had any idea of its kind of popularity. Is something that he said like in a 2018 interview. I said it wasn't one of my greatest melodies, but it was the best I could do. <laughs> And then the publisher said, Phil, it's great. And it basically, Singer turns, or Springer basically says that it took time to really prove it. Like, he didn't really buy that the song was that great. So I thought it was extra funny that Springer essentially wrote a song that he didn't even really care about. And, you know, so there, <laughs> it just sounds like, like, well, here's the song and like throwing it on the table. Like, take it or leave it. This is what I came up with. And I did think it was also kind of cute, but something that I learned about Miss Kitts here mm-hmm. is she got interviewed later in life as well, and she said, every time I think I sing Santa Baby, I laugh more at myself when I'm singing that song because I know what I've gone through, and the song says, Santa Baby, slip a sable under the tree. Um, well, all the men who have done that with me had never stayed with me, so I realized everything that I want in life, I have to pay for myself, and I really love that because then nobody owns me but me and my public, of course. So I thought it was kind of the fun, the funest fact about it, if I can be grammatically incorrect about it, <laughs> is that she was amused by this song. She knew it was just silliness and, and materialism and sugar daddy, blah, blah, gooey crap. But that she turned it around to basically turn it into a life lesson for herself of, yeah, don't be that. 
Don't be that way for stuff. Like, and it gives uh, you know, like later versions of her covering it, you know, probably a different meaning too, because you know she's making fun of a woman who would you know think that that was some something appropriate to do. Right, know? seducing Santa, so you can get a ring from Tiffany's and checks and a certain car that you like. Like, maybe that is a little bit gross behavior, and I think that's kind of the air I got from reading what she had to said too. Yeah, yeah, and to be clear, I mean there are legitimate sugar daddy sugar baby things going on where everybody's consenting and, and everything's on the up and up that's something totally different oh yeah you know we're talking about someone who just manipulates to get what they want right not part of the agreement santa mm-hmm. is very much not not a sugar daddy it's <laughs> you've like we've talked about kind of the heart of santa yeah. a little bit in, in this month of shows so Anywho, I didn't want to go on too long about it. I just thought it was really funny that somebody immediately came up to bat and it led to this research. I mean, just kind of learning that the guy who wrote it didn't even really seem to like it. Well, it's it, that's funny, too, because the, a lot of times you will hear, like, um, as far as uh, writers, for instance, um, Maine's own Stephen King. His first big novel was Carrie, and he thought it was garbage and literally tossed it into the garbage. And it was <laughs> it was his wife who found it, dusted off his uh, cigarette butts, and started reading through it and says, "You really have something here," wow. you know. And it's it's it, creatives a lot of times don't have the best self-esteem you know that's not to say Santa Baby is the greatest song in human history I'm not implying that but the fact that it's a song that no matter how much he didn't like it has stuck throughout the years and is still being played today I mean I'm being tortured by that every time I go to work yeah (laughs) I mean and they eventually did unban it in the south because that was the other thing that I just remembered that I had learned, too, is mm-hmm. it was considered too suggestive for the southern United States. And it was um, banned. When it give first... me the vapors. Yeah, basically. It's like, <laughs> this might give women ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho. I ruined Santa Baby. I'm proud of myself. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly might make, like, a few videos um, about things I've learned about songs, like Christmas songs in particular. So maybe I'll have another one for next week's episode or something like that. Because uh, I'm a little tempted to ruin the fact that people try to ruin Baby It's Cold Outside. And I nerded out recently with my cousin about it. And her response was, you're smart. Like, I could, I could actually <laughs> hear her doing kind of a silly voice. I was like, no, no, no. I'm just nerdy. When something, like, really gets my attention, because it goes into the... I want to know why. Mm-hmm. Like, why did everybody turn... Like, okay, why does why do people like Santa Baby was what kind of led to the song when I felt like it was kind of creepy. And then the whole, why did everybody take a turn on Baby It's Cold Outside? So that was another one that I know I've already kind of learned a bit about. And then from there, the dark history of Jingle Bells. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we've already kind of talked about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but you yeah. know, trying to keep opinion out of it, though, like, try to keep it as much to fact as, as I can when I cover these things. Because, too, I mean, like you mentioned with uh, the co-worker who had a completely different revisionist history of how um, the song was made, people, and I've been very much guilty of this myself, don't take the time to really hear what the singer's saying. Well, it wasn't the co-worker that tried to, to give the, here's the pass. It was or someone else. So, yeah, it was, it was the Instagram person, but it was funny because the co-worker, when I just kind of talked about for a second, she just kept like... You know, doing that look off because she's trying to listen to the lyrics of the song playing behind her. <laughs> she's like, oh, wow, yeah. 
that reminds me of uh, 95-96, my first time in college, and there was a Vietnamese uh, exchange student in class with me, and I was in the back row sitting next to him, and I mentioned some, something about something sucking. And he goes, what is sucks? Hmm. And I had to tell him because I had only heard that word from Beavis and Butthead. I, you know, I yeah. didn't really put the connotation of what it meant. Yep. Um, and, and then I had to explain to him. And of course, being in my 20s, I had overly exaggerated hand gestures to indicate what was, <laughs> indicate what was happening. And speaking of that, too, there was a, um, I posted it in uh, the Facebook group. There's a great video from a YouTube channel I follow called Polyphonic, which does like a deep dive on history of music. And and they talked about disco and how um, in one part of the video was that the word sucks essentially may have been used before that, but essentially blew up in consciousness because disco sucks and 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 the connotation behind that too because disco does have its origins uh in um you know like uh gay gay bars and all that you know for dancing so um but that's a digression on my part but yeah so santa baby ruined <laughs> i did it it's <laughs> proud well me i'm doing all right myself been watching documentaries like i mentioned and finally my feet are feeling good they're finally used to work now good yay and then inserts hopefully will help too we took a (laughs) a roommate uh field trip yesterday and and got some different inserts for your shoes so high hopes there as well (laughs) indeed indeed and even ordered a different pair for my doc martens so when i'm six foot eight out there with the doc martens my feet will be comfortable (laughs) but this speaking of that too the kind of a great segue into what we are here for today. We're talking about shopping. Yeah, and really we're focusing on what is the biggest Christmas shopping holiday. So I know technically we're a little bit later than when this would have occurred, but we wanted to talk about kind of, you know, Christmas topics in general. Um, I felt it was more of a priority to talk about the mental health stuff at the beginning of the month or closer to the beginning of the month because that way it gave a tool to anybody out there who maybe wanted that tool. Mm -hmm. So this one kind of got pushed twice for what we felt were the better reasons, but we wanted to talk a bit about the materialism and in particular the pros and cons of Black Friday. Should we still do Black Friday? Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. Definitely have uh, some memories of working many, many, many Black Fridays. Oh gosh, see I lucked out, well I mean I didn't completely luck out. I worked at a shoe store so it was kind of different. Shoe stores in or, or that was Texas shoe stores in Texas because we have tax free weekend like right before school starts mm-hmm. which is already like the clothing buying time of the year anyway and that's where I saw like some of the aggression that sounds familiar to my friends who work different retail jobs for Black Friday like I saw two grown men get into a fist fight over toddler shoes on tax free weekend in Texas um, so it's just kind of interesting how we get about Black Friday. And I think like when you mention Black Friday at all, there's like two things that come to people's minds. They either A, view it as like, that's the day to get deals, or B, view it as, well, that's the day all the news stories are going to pop up about people assaulting each other and or store workers. So it seems to be those are the two things that are the most known about this quote unquote holiday. This the shopping day, really. Um, yeah, so I thought it'd be worth it to talk about, and while I couldn't necessarily find, like, a a pro-con through procon.org like we like to, I did find it funny that I was able to find some pros and cons through University Federal Credit Union's website, 
and they're pretty short like it's not gonna have like a lot of stuff in there so I figure we can kind of hit some wave tops of should we do it like right if it's uh, is it worth sacrificing the good deals holiday the shopping holiday so the workers and people don't get assaulted by strangers because to me and if you can't tell by how I'm phrasing it I kind of feel like it's time to say goodbye to it so, and even to a point that the Tim the Nerd and I were making before we hit record is there's other ways to get deals. Obviously, you can now like do online shopping and store pickup. Like, do we need to have the doorbuster mentality where people are either drawing straws, getting numbers for a lottery on a thing? Um, because I don't know how much it affected things this year, but I know we've had, you know, a shortage of just stuff in general. I had heard on Maine Public Radio where they were talking about Santa might not be coming this year, guys. <laughs> and it being just because people can't find the toy that their child wants. So it, I think it would be an interesting one to talk about, basically. Indeed, indeed. And, um, you know, with my history in retail, like most, th- I, I don't think I've ever been a shopper in a Black Friday. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, that my only experience has been on the retail side. And it's funny, too, because you mentioned the doorbusters. A lot of times those doorbusters are not really very good, especially something like a computer. You'll get, like, a big sale for, like, a computer for $299. Yay, we need to go get it. And then you find out why it's $299. Right. Like, and sometimes I know something that was shady, and this, again, goes to I was more tax-free weekend in the retail I work, was, you know, the shoes would already be on sale. But then they would take all those sales off of them so that they could bump them up to full price so that you're only saving a lesser percentage of it. Like, it, it was, I mean, technically the tax is more because it's like percentage based, but they're not going to let you get like the 6% or whatever it was discount on top of the, you know, these Nikes are 20% off. Like they just, they stripped all that or marked it back up to full retail when it was never at full retail price. So those are some of the things because they wanted to make money, right? So they're trying to use the draw of this quote-unquote shopping holiday to and, and bring people in anyway. Yeah, I mean, one trick, too. I think it may have even been mentioned on an episode of Adam Ruins Everything. Co- retail stores don't necessarily have to tell you the truth on a price tag. So, oh, no, so if they tell you something is on sale and list that price, that may very well still be the regular retail price. But the fact that they put sale on it makes you think you're getting a deal. Exactly. And I think like there's some legality when you put MSRP, though, because I think that does have to be to something. But they don't always do that. Mm-hmm. They just say it's on sale now for da-da-da and, you know, we drink the Kool-Aid. But uh, I only really remember one year doing Black Friday, and we were old enough to know Santa wasn't real. And it was that my bio mom wanted to get us each a TV for our bedroom, and it actually was a good deal back then on, like, electronics, TVs, like, that end of it. Back in, like, the 90s, like, late 90s, it was a good deal. So we, like, packed up, went early morning, I think we got IHOP or something in town like after and got our TVs. And I just remember it being crowded. It was one of those early shopping experiences like, oh, oh, I hate this. Like, and it wasn't even, I didn't see anybody get punched out. I didn't see anything like worth writing the news about. It was just a lot of elbows up, aggressive people. When the, when the doors literally opened, that was like probably the scariest part, especially as a kid. Like granted, I was older. But I was still smaller than a lot of people who were rushing this door. 
Yeah, 2006 uh, is when I worked my first uh, Black Friday at Best Buy, and um, that was intense. Yeah. You know, just um, I was there before they opened the doors, and I was in the media department at that time when they still had one, and I was stationed uh, by the DVDs. And it, in in a way, it was kind of like a zombie movie with the people outside. I mean, they weren't pounding on the door, but you just a sea of faces out there. And then the doors opened, and literally, I didn't have. I had like less than a half of a foot like personal space around me through my entire shift. Now, thankfully, there were no like fights or anything like that. And, you know, the benefit of working a Black Friday is that when you have constant customers like that, the time flies. But um, but it was scary, you know, having all those people there and you have the shirt on. Like if you're going to lunch, you're still going to have like five, six, seven people. Can you get this for me? Can you get this for me? And just pain in the butt. Well, let's hit some of these wave tops. Um, you know, Tim was just too positive last time, so it's my turn to take the pros on this one because the way they did the article is they just listed pros and listed cons. So instead of trying to match them, we're just going to go ahead and do all of the pros first. So I think it's, what, five and five? Yeah, I think there's some yeah. cosmic rule that if I'm positive two weeks in a row, something bad happens. Yeah, so. Mercury goes into retrograde <laughs> early or something. I don't know. So pro number one, great deals. Perhaps this is the most obvious benefit. There are some great deals to be had on Black Friday. Prices can be among or even the lowest they've been all year on some great gift ideas. Many people do their research well ahead of time to find out which store they'll be visiting to get their top Black Friday pick of the season. And that's true. Like, that kind of, that rings true to me. That goes into the, we knew we were getting the TVs, like... We knew where we were going to go, why, and what. I think they were like RCA or whatever back when they still did like TVs or something. Like, something like that. It was a long-ass time ago. But, um, yeah, so I guess like if you're actually that diligent person that knows about what the thing costs that you wanted all this time, you can catch a good deal on it. Like... Yes, you are correct. I mean, you know, because even though I, you know, mentioned this stuff about computers, about how sometimes you're not getting the best deal, even though you think you are, you definitely can. I mean, something like a TV as well, even even if it was like that cheap one I got at Walmart, you know, I mean, if it, it fits my purpose, so yeah. it's perfect. If you're a savvy and aware shopper, sure, you will mm-hmm. probably be able to find a great deal on things. But I think the thing that we were kind of talking more about before we officially got started is that Black Friday has begun to take advantage of people who don't do that due diligence. So not everybody, and that's why it even said some great gifts, you will get discounts and good deals on some of them. So now they don't go into the nitty gritty. That is totally me reading into that. But it still kind of checks out with what we were saying at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I remember at Best Buy in twenty ten, uh, in the twenty tens, that's when <clears throat> Amazon was first, you know, really a, a threat to the retail places. So, um, you know, that was a time when they started adjusting. You know, like how many days Black Friday was gonna was gonna be. Plus, most importantly, Cyber Monday uh, sales uh, started happening there. And then now, um, you know, you'll have a lot of stores that you know won't open on Thanksgiving, and it's not going to affect their bottom line. And they will have like a month of doorbuster sales yep. throughout. So, you know, in in terms of the deals, I think the good thing is that there are a lot more options for deals without people having to camp out for four days next to a Best Buy. Yeah. I mean, so it's interesting as you brought up Cyber Monday because pro number two kind of touches on that. Pro number two says you know what you're getting. Um, Unlike shopping on Cyber Monday, Black Friday shopping means you get to see, touch, feel, and walk away with your purchases that day rather than waiting for them to show up in the mail. 
Which is a little bit of a double whammy, right? Like, not only if you're shopping, because, I mean, granted, I feel like a lot of people do Cyber Monday through Amazon, even though a lot of people, like, talk about how evil Amazon is. But I don't know. I sure do hear a lot of those same people talking about still ordering stuff on Amazon. And, um, but, uh, but, you know, and if you're doing cyber deals through mom and pop online, you don't know as well of what you're getting. And that's a valid point. That's some of the problem I have shopping with it anyway. And then compound that with the United States Postal Service's delays we've talked about of, are you going to get it? I can't tell you how many boxes I've seen with like holes in the bottom of them. Like not even just mine upon delivery that have been crunched up. But in general, at my office, walking down our little way here where I've noticed other people's packages being dropped off and it having a very obvious dent in it. So that one actually has a little bit of point to it. But it also kind of contradicts uh, number one as well, because the people that are um, going to do the due diligence of studying, um, you know, where the good deals are, because you you can find out like a month, even two months in advance what the retailers are going to be offering for those deals. Not everybody, you know, has the time or even the, you know, due diligence, I guess, to or the desire, I should say, to be able to do that type of research. But the info is out there. Right. And, you know, so it does in a way, kind of contradict, not 100%, of course, um, because, but, you know, the people that do their homework to, you know, find the right thing, it's not necessarily going to matter that it will take a few days for it to arrive. But to your point as well, there are definite disadvantages because, you know, look at Amazon with their uh, driver delivery rules, you know, like insane, like it is not really possible for somebody to really consistently make all the deliveries uh, in in the time frame that Amazon expects. Right. It's just, uh, I guess, this being written to the average person. So, again, it's talking about how you can be taken advantage of on Black Friday as well if you're not doing due diligence. So, if you're not that due diligence person, I would also throw it out there that you might be more likely to fall for a Cyber Monday-looking scam. Like, I would assume that people that do cyber scams and online scams are probably a little bit more ramped up this time of year because people are looking for those deals on that day, right? Like you're intentionally setting out bait on a day that you know all the fish are going to be in the area. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) So pro number three, it could be a friends and family affair. (laughs) Some people look forward to Black Friday every year as a way to spend time with their close friends and family while shopping for holiday gifts. Some team up to make sure they get all of the items on their lists. And I think it's funny that we've, as much as Christmas has kind of turned into a materialistic holiday, like I think this just kind of highlights that for me, that we're now reframing shopping for the materials that are going to go under the tree that we're going to open like about a month from this point, because this is the Friday after Thanksgiving. So end of November, Christmas, end of December, right? So... (laughs) I don't know. I I, I get the reframe, but it is chuckle-worthy to me. But it goes into the one time we went out. To be fair, we went and got our TVs, and then we went to IHOP, which was like a treat for us, like getting to go out to breakfast. So there is that part of it, I guess, that I can see. Um, I think back to the Apple store. I mean, it wasn't a Black Friday thing, but I remember this family came in. And it's always funny when you have like seven people come in to buy one item, you know. (laughs) Um, But they bought a computer and then they were so happy with the purchase that they gave their phone to the salesperson and got together as a family to take a picture with their new purchase. And it's just like, why? 
That's the celebration of stuff, right? I mean, because that kind of goes into what I feel like we both kind of agree is a little bit of our issues with Christmas as to what it is today, is it's turned into getting stuff for people. And I've even fallen into that trap. Like, you know, my dad told me something that he would like. And then it got me really in my head. It's like, oh, my God, but if I get something for Dad, I have to get something for Mom. Because if I don't get something for Mom, she might think that I don't love her as much. (gasps) And I know that's not the fucking case. (laughs) But still, even I get caught up in it. So I've, like, been trying to find her something stupid. Like, just something to give her. That reminds me. um, One of my uh, new favorite shows is on NBC. It's called Young Rock. Mm -hmm. It's um, a comedic take on the life story of The Rock. Of Rock. The Rock. The Rock, yeah. Not um, Little Chris. Because, right, didn't Chris Rock also have one, too, that was like... Yeah, Everybody Hates Chris. Everybody Hates Chris. There we go. But uh, the the last episode they had was actually a Christmas-themed episode. (laughs) And they, um, like, I guess he he talked about how it became a family tradition. Like, when he was a kid, um, he didn't really know what to get his mother. So what he did is he got some googly eyes and put it on a coconut and then put uh, sparkles on top of the coconut as like purple hair or whatever and then th- that ultimately that little gift to his mother she liked more than anything else and then that became like a family tradition at that point. Yeah. You know, so So pro number 4 It's entertaining. (laughs) In a way. (laughs) For those who take it seriously, it can provide hours of diversion and entertainment. Some consider it a hobby of sorts. They scout out ads online, plan shopping lists and routes, and prepare for Black Friday as if it were a marathon, complete with extra rest and foods before the big event. Yeah, I mean, you will have people literally camp out with, like, tents, have, like, you know, bring food with them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's it's insane the, the... the things people will go through in order to do this. Now, having said that, is that going to be a majority of people that do Black Friday? No, I think it is like a minority of people that will do this. But yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it's funny to me because it's like the fact that we're using shopping, shopping for something as a hobby and shopping for something as a diversion and entertainment. And it goes back to some of the stuff we talked about on the more mental health like aspect is you're mashing the pleasure button at that point, aren't you? Like, isn't that what that's kind of saying? But it's funny. It makes me giggle a little because it's like, oh, well, I guess I get that level of entertainment every week when I shop online to make sure I get the best grocery deal after I've done my grocery list, you know, because <clears throat> that was definitely something I did, especially when the Mr. Reverend and I first moved here. And I think we were joking with you about that, like, just the other day, about how we've come a long way from having to figure out what we needed to get at the Dollar Tree, because this was before it was a dollar twenty-five tree, and, like, how we could scrape by with what we had until we could adjust to, you know, his income starting to come in, and then me eventually getting a job, like, also helped out with that, too. But, yeah, like... I guess I should have reframed that to like look at it as a source of entertainment and a hobby that I would, you know, go on the websites and be like, all right, well, it's this much here. So if I go to this other store that doesn't allow online shopping and it's cheaper than this per ounce or per pound or per whatever, I'm going to get it here. <laughs> I got $3.17 to feed this family for a month. Let's go. go. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that dramatic, but like it just kind of makes me giggle of like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess there's a way if you find that kind of 
stuff entertaining. You can do that on a micro level and do it with your grocery shopping and probably save a lot of money. Like I've been more lax about it since we've kind of gotten into a rhythm and a budget. But, you know, I could really probably do that again if we ever needed extra money for something. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember a, a trip to the grocery store once, and a woman had, like, the cart wasn't, you know, all the way full, but a decent amount. And they were ringing everything up. It came to, you know, to, to present the coupons and whatnot. A lady came out with, like, a stack. Boom. Oh, ended up uh, getting, like, a huge amount off because of all the coupons that she had. Yeah, and it's gotten more popular. Actually, that was something my bio mom used to do was she would have us push the cart with the plastic sterilite drawers with the envelopes of all the different coupons she had because she was a couponer. She was one of the first ones, like, back before it became really popular and people realized you could do this, like, that she got paid back by the store. She, the store tried to tell her that she, I will never forget, it was something like $11. And she went, no, you owe me $11. And sure enough, the lady looks at it and it's a negative 11 and change. And she had to go, they had no idea how to deal with that because couponing and stacking with deals, like the stores didn't put together that people would do that. And so there wasn't a policy on it. So I remember the manager had to come and make a decision because the way that all works with accounting software in the background is if you're $11 over in your till, that's viewed just as bad as being 11 short because you didn't give somebody their change. Uh, but I, I don't know. There's a part of me that kind of disagrees with that because if it, if the coupons are you know in play, the store is going to get that money back, and it's it. I'm saying the yeah. register, like how it yeah. works with making a sale. So right, there's all of the inventory that it takes into account. You've scanned everything into this computer, and according to the computer, which is going to go by the law of the accounting software at the end of the day. You can't have that extra $11 in your till because it's saying you need to take it out. Oh, I would have covered See my ass I mean? to like the cashier. I yeah, mean, the yeah. Cashier did they they the right wound up thing. giving it to her. And, yeah. And now that's actually been accepted more as the standard. Like there's there's uh, the crazy couponer shows even that talk about how much money they can get paid or how much stuff they can get for free. On like, the History Channel. <laughs> yeah. So it's not that they lose money, um, so to speak, because, yeah, they're going to get all of that back. So that was the other part. You can't like they were so confused of. Wait, I'm paying this woman $11 to use all of these coupons for us to get the money from the manufacturers is what they wound up kind of going, okay, no, this makes sense. Give her the $11. Because I just, I will never forget that experience of them just being like dumbfounded because that was their first time experiencing it at this tiny store was, you know. My mother was like, give me my $11. I'm not paying you $11 because then you're going to be over $22. Like, And let me guess, you were looking around like, I hope nobody from school's here. <laughs> oh, God, no. I mean, I was already a loser anyway, so it didn't matter. Like, they had me pegged at that point. But uh, So our last pro so that we can go into our cons, it provides jobs to retail employees. While some people are bothered about the fact that retail employees often end up working on Thanksgiving to prepare for Black Friday, it does provide a job and income to many retail employees who need to provide for themselves and their families. Most employers are required to pay employees extra for working on the holiday and on Black Friday. And that Black Friday bump pay is newer. But Thanksgiving being a federal holiday, like legally, they had to pay more anyway. And I get this one because as somebody who eventually stopped going home for any of the holidays, like I talked about on the mental health episode last week, it gave me something to do. 
Like, I don't need to sit on my ass while my roommates are, like, out of town visiting their family and remembering that I've now made this decision not to go home. Or in some cases, it just doesn't make fiscal decision or, you know, fiscal sense for somebody to travel home for, like, Thanksgiving. So if you're going to be there anyway, I totally understand picking up those shifts. Like, they never had to make anybody work on those days in, in, in the jobs that I did. Like, most of us had enough, like, at the shoe store. There were enough of us there that didn't do anything on Thanksgiving and didn't give a rip about the holiday that we didn't mind getting up at, like, 4 in the morning to get there for the door busters or whatever. Or even, I don't even think they had a stocking and working on Thanksgiving at that shoe store. Now, that being said, I didn't do a lot of retail retail, right? I imagine at some point, like, a Walmart is going to have to volunteer some people to work. Um, I've not worked at Walmart. Um, Best Buy's policy was you are going to work Black Friday. Okay. And if you do not, then you do not have a job. Yep. So, yeah, it sounds like that was the case at some place. It's just not not where my experience was. Well, having said that, though, to be clear, I mean, like people like myself, though, there were plenty of employees that had no issues whatsoever working that holiday because of the extra pay. And nine times out of ten, too, um, you know, retail stores would uh, go out of their way to, like, provide, like, special lunch, you know, have, like, pizza brought in. Even at the shoe store, um, he totally, I remember the manager sent me over to go pick up up like a turkey so that way when you hit your lunch break you could go in there and there's like some turkey and some sides and stuff like just as that little side thank you um so dead on with that one but even like uh working at ihop because ihop is a given <laughs> you work yeah. those days or you just won't be on the schedule anymore like it didn't say you must work but you better have had a really damn good reason because that's some of IHOP's biggest days or those holiday days because they are stereotypically open during Christmas, during Thanksgiving. But again, it goes back into the, I didn't mind. People as close fist as they can be on tips to the day-to-day, people do tend to get very generous in my experience with Thanksgiving and Christmas. So again, it was one of those, I never got voluntold to work. I was very willing to work those days. So I think... Some of that um, is a little bit embellished of the, oh, think of the employees. Because I feel like a lot of folks, because of the extra pay, because of the extra treats and, and things like that, don't necessarily mind working that day as much as some people make it sound. I won't say everybody, just I, I think that one's a little bit guilty of hyperbole. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's. I mean, and we're going to go into some horror stories after we get through the cons. But it's it's like anything that that comes with the media. You know, if you have CNN showing you know something bad that happened at a store in Poughkeepsie, New York, um, <laughs> on on Black Friday, and show it all over the world. Uh, all over the country, you know, people in Des Moines, Iowa will see it and still think, oh, no, that could happen here. Um, But nine times out of ten, people don't go to the store to, you know, um, try and kill people, try to, you know, break arms or or fingers or legs or anything like that. They just want to go there to get their deal and go out, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. Are we ready for the cons? 
Yeah, let's do this. Let's Con do cons. It. All right, con number one, it detracts from Thanksgiving. One of the main arguments against Black Friday is that it flies in the face of the meaning behind Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is all about being thankful for everything in our lives. Then, just a few short hours later, begins the biggest consumerism-focused day of the year. And, in a way, it is true. Um, I think a lot of the retailers um, these days have actually uh, kind of pulled back a little bit in terms of uh, being open on Thanksgiving. It was the 2010s when Best Buy started being open on Thanksgiving and Black Friday as well, um, which did put a dent in some people's um, you know, schedules because a lot of people in the past when they didn't have to work on Thanksgiving, but you know, still had to be at, you know, at work on like 4 a.m. on the next day, they still had the chance to have that Thanksgiving, whereas right. you know, it was you know, temporarily taken away. And if Thanksgiving is important to people and they do value that uh, the fellowship with family and friends, then a store that's going to be open on Thanksgiving is going to detract from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that even could be why some people don't travel for Thanksgiving. They might view it as the lesser holiday because they know realistically they're going to be expected to work. Like a lot of that willingness to work could be a reframing of knowing it's in your best interest to work. You know, so I kind of get that one. I mean, granted, <laughs> Thanksgiving, I guess it's not as quite as uh, materialistic as the turn that Christmas has gotten into. It has kind of turned into more of a thankfulness holiday and, you know, more food centered. Eat all the food you want, lots of food. Um, Trip to fan. Yeah, but I mean, isn't this also where we get into like the indigenous people's background of Thanksgiving and pilgrims and stuff like that? Like, And I guess. That's kind of interesting because it's like Thanksgiving almost took a better turn over time from what it used to be about to what it is about now, which is more of the we're going to make food, which, you know, I've already talked about how for me that's an act of service. That's a loving act for me to make food. So we're going to make food and gather and talk. And, you know, every every election season year there might be some extra family drama. But for the most part, it's about the family. Well, we uh, but... To be fair, we are saying this as white people from a position of privilege. I do yeah. know uh, I do know some Native Americans myself who not exactly fans of Thanksgiving. Oh, you know? right, because the background of it, and I totally mm. respect that. So, I mean, I'm glad that, I guess I should say, like, I'm just glad that it's not so much about the little pilgrim outfits and the... Cornucopia You know, the cornucopia. The little girls dress up like Indians and the little boys dress up like pilgrims. I do remember when I was a kid. Like, there used to be, like, a Thanksgiving production that would be the whole acting out of the, here's, they've got corn, and here's some stuff that we brought in food, and this was a happy thing, yay! And that wasn't fucking true. So I totally understand how this could have put a bad taste in an entire culture's mouth, where they don't really want to have anything to do with it, even though most white Americans don't celebrate it that way anymore. Like, I'd say a lot of the country has moved on and made it more about a family holiday. So in a way, when you frame it that way, it does kind of suck that it detracts from it because you're actually taking away from the family quality time cooking a meal together and saying, no, come out, spend money, buy things for them, and then probably get a meal out somewhere, right? Like, spend, 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 spend. So that is a very fair con to me, I guess, when I think of it that way. Indeed, indeed. Let's go to con number two Ooh. here. 
Some deals aren't really deals. While there are some great deals to be had on Black Friday, not all items are at their lowest price. For example, some items might reduce their price even more as Christmas approaches. Then there's also the issue of quality. Some items are cheaper than what you'll see the rest of the year, but they could also be lower quality versions of the products that the companies usually produce. This, they may be cutting production costs in order to offer these products at such low prices on Black Friday. And computers are, I think, probably some of the worst offenders because what you'll have is, you know, your two ninety nine computers and people see that and think, great, I'm going to go get it. But they have the most minimum amount of RAM on the inside or even less than what is minimally, minimally required for it to run. Um, and, you know, also a lot of times, too, they will have the absolute worst processor because you could have a computer with all the RAM, the biggest hard drive you want, but if it's a crappy processor, it's going to be a slow-moving computer. Yeah, it sounds like that crappy processor could be the result of many decisions, right? Because when you're trying to make something so that it's cheaper so you're not operating a loss, well, they're also trying to figure out what the demand is going to be and how to meet that demand. And when you make more things faster, you are literally picking quantity over quality. So that could even come down to how it's being put together because in warehouses, if you need more and more of something for a season, you're going to push production rates and that's a human's job somewhere. So somebody's going to be pressured to work faster than they normally would. So it makes sense across the board, either inferior by active choice of picking inferior plastics, wires, whatever little thing can build up to make it not as good, not run as fast or not work as well. And then there's also the, well, if it's not that, it could also be contributed to by quantity over quality, pushing people to make a tougher quota than normal to meet what they think they're going to sell. And yeah, which, you know, shows that most importantly, you know, and this should be the rule anytime you shop, but especially during the time of year when there's sale after sale, you got to do your homework. Yeah. You know, I mean, because it's not that hard to, you know, find the information on what the specs are going to be for the specific items. And, you know, like if you don't know about computers, for instance, talk to a friend that does. You more than likely do know somebody or go into a store. You don't have to say I'm doing research for Black Friday because a lot of times the retail people can't say anything legally about, you know, any potential sales, but you could be like, hey, I'm looking at this computer that has these specs. Is this good? You know, you can do that with TVs, stereos, um, all that stuff as well. So this is a con, but it's a con that with, you know, time, study, um, you can not be as burned by this. Exactly. Yep. All right. Con number three, it can lead to overspending. The sense of urgency and immediacy created by the fact that these deals will (laughs) only be available on Black Friday can lead to overspending. This can encourage people to spend money now rather than sticking to their plan. To cut down on overspending, go into Black Friday with a set budget and plan and consider bringing cash for the items that you (laughs) want to buy. Fair enough. I mean, think of how many people's cards with big money purchases. It happened at Apple all the time. Somebody would try to buy a $1,000 computer and their credit card company is like, wait, this seems that you don't spend $1,000 on a regular basis. So we're not going to approve this transaction. I mean, with a call, it's taken care of and then they can buy it again. But that's something to think of, you know. And then, um, yeah, if you are not disciplined with your credit, think very carefully about whether shopping with a credit card on Black Friday is the best approach for you. I think that is the most important thing too, because yeah, there is, 
a kind of mania with some people. It's I, I would you know kind of compare it to like being at a casino just without mm-hmm. the yep. extra oxygen in the air. You know, you you think you're getting that deal and. You know, then you see another thing. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I gotta have yep, it. And then, you get yeah. into the the gimme gimme mode, and then suddenly that budget that you set goes right out the window. Um, especially that goes right back into mashing the pleasure buttons in the brain. So you may have only planned to go get those TVs, but if you're very susceptible to the advertising that is meant to tempt you into mashing the pleasure button, which stores are built for anyway, they want you to spend money. Um, if you didn't know this, they do hire people who understand like psychology and influence. Marketing people typically study the psychology and how to influence. Like that store is already built to make you want to spend money. That's why certain snacks are at the end of certain aisles. That's why like some people have figured out strategies to stay out of certain aisles when you're grocery shopping. So that's just day-to-day grocery shopping. But yeah. definitely stuff that's dealing with toys for all ages, big and small, is going to be advertising to say, I know you didn't come in here for this, but you want this, right? Yeah. And it's going to be a pleasure trap for you. Like, it is, yeah, I mean, it is not an accident that, you know, in pretty much any store you go to, your high ticket items are going to be in the back of the store. Because yeah, they want to drag you across everything else. Like, oh, well, that's just $5. And this, this little thing, you know, I really should get something for Carol at work because she just had a really tough year. And that's how they get you. So I I am fortunate enough that I'm not very big on the material stuff. I'm very good about like, nope, I have come for this thing. You're not going to get me marketing professionals. Um, But if you're not that way, then you should kind of be honest with yourself. As much as I love the idea of taking cash with you, um, we'll get into it with con number five, why I don't necessarily think that is the best idea. (laughs) Indeed. So let's move on here. Con number four, lines and crowds. One of the things people dislike the most about Black Friday is the huge crowds of people all vying for the same items. Some people wait outside in the cold just to save a few dollars. And yeah, I mean, that is, you know, is a fact. Um, With the changes in Black Friday that a lot of retailers have done lately, you don't necessarily see that as much depending on where you go, but you will still have people determined um, to, you know, camp out. Um, And also just the sheer amount of people. I mean, like Apple, for instance, um, their stores weren't, I mean, they were packed, but it was a lot more organized than what other retailers were that I've worked at. And, um, but yeah, you just if you have anxiety it's not like myself it's in a in a lot of ways it's not the most fun day because of the amount of people that are just within very close proximity to you oh yeah like i i deal with my anxiety quite well and that is still a recipe for me like there are when we went to new hampshire when you first came here we were all done like all three of us, me, you, and the Mr. Reverend, were all like, mm, this is so peopley, and it's not normally this peopley. Because that's part of why we liked going to those outlets, was normally the Mr. Reverend and I can get our coffee and leisurely walk around. We had no idea some fucking radio station was having some kind of thing there that was Black Friday related or adjacent or some shit. Like, even though it was like back in early November, it was like 
some early shopping thing that was going on. And people had bracelets for extra discounts. I'm like, oh my god, I fucking hate this. I just wanted to come get some underwear and maybe some jam from the Stonewall Kitchen store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like I, it got to the point in in that place that you know, like near the end, there was sometimes if I get really overwhelmed and people are too close, I like you know just don't touch. Them. Oh God! Walk well, by. and then that was where we wound up getting that last round of bullshit that we had. It turned out to not be COVID, but Jared and I both got sick. At least I think you got saved from it because you're so much taller than everybody else. You're not breathing the same mouth air as this normally <laughs> heighted people. But yeah, like uh, the Mister Reverend and I both got sick. And I fully am like, yeah, see, people are gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Overcrowding is a problem in factory farms and humans. Just going to put that one out there. Like, that's where disease spreads. So it's like, I, I guarantee that's where we got it from, was shopping in New Hampshire. Yeah, and there weren't many people wearing masks. I mean, you would think after a pandemic with it sh- being shown again and again and again that wearing yeah. a mask can cut that, you know. you know. But having said that, I'm not throwing stones. I didn't wear a mask. Either. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to the, I know it's something I brought up. We have less population density here. So I think most people who went, like have been so used to being able to keep that space that nobody brought one with them and once everybody's there well the damage has kind of already been done at that point because you already came you don't have a mask it's not like they had them out all over the place because um i'm sorry people have ruined the establishments keeping disposable masks like for me because it's so disheartening when you see them on the ground like all over the place so it's just turned into a littering problem so it turns into that well if we provide them they're going to end up on the ground uh it's not really our response like we don't have to provide them anymore so do we don't we and then some places go with the well let's not because this is littering and we don't have the staff to run the store let alone the staff to go out and pick up all the trash Plus, you're having them then pick up stuff that have been on people's mouths. So it was it was an oddly understandable thing. But yeah, in hindsight, I am back to trying to keep at least a cloth mask in the car because with pregnancy, I'm trying to avoid getting sick so that I don't get some crazy temperature or something. Indeed, indeed. So let's go to the last con here. Um, and you already gave us a little preview, a trend of violence. Yes. The biggest con of all may be the increasing trend of violence during Black Friday events in recent years. Nearly every year there is a news report regarding a controlled environment turned chaotic by overzealous shoppers. Regardless of the savings, there is never a deal worth disrespecting or hurting others. This is a startling development. Be safe out there and always prioritize your safety and the safety of others over the items in your shopping cart. And... Retail, in a lot of ways, has made me more cynical than, you know, I, you know, was before I started (laughs) working in retail because you do tend to see the worst in people. Now, um, granted, I've never had the level of badness happen in terms of, you know, some of the stories that we're going to mention here um, (laughs) momentarily. But, you know, a lot of times, too, for for me at least, it's not necessarily the physical violence that, you know, affected me more than anything than people name-calling. Like, you know, is this your real job or some stupid comment? yeah, like people just being awful to retail workers in general is why, like, are you guys really wondering why people don't want to work retail anymore? Because I feel like I have an idea. Like I've seen it and it's like, this is the time of year I try to read people's name tags when I'm in retail and grocery stores, because I've been made very aware of how they're treated by too many. Not most people. Most people generally speaking are actually pretty okay. Like if you think about it, 
very honestly with yourself, even when you see, you do see that one person being the asshole, there's likely five cues of lines of humans who aren't doing that behavior. So it's just the, the loud few stand out as the example. And it's a relief, like really when you think of it that way, but it doesn't matter. You can help 50 people that day and only one out of every 50 being an asshole is still hard on you as a human. So yeah. It can bring you down uh, pretty, yeah. pretty fast. So a little pro tip yeah. to anybody else, gleam their name on their name tag. Let them, you know, make them feel like a human. Like, well, hello, Samantha. How's your day going? You know? <laughs> and by the way, I have confirmed this many of time with names that I am not familiar with. Make the attempt. You can even laugh at yourself. It's like, I, I feel like I'm going to say this wrong, but is it... Time? No. Carmanthemum or whatever. Because there's some interesting names, not just for ethnic reasons, but also people getting more creative with names. It's okay to butcher it. Like, I've, I've even, they have confirmed to me personally of, yeah, I do prefer when people try thank you, but it's actually this. And I was and like, well, thank you so much, you know. <laughs> my mother was a stripper. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, <laughs> the violence is what, to me, ruins the idea of taking cash. Because if somebody is already frenzied enough to justify physically harming or potentially physically harming another human over a thing, I could see that almost being very adjacent to, well, that $200 fell out of their pocket and just taking it, right? Because that goes into almost that mob mentality thing. You feel like there's a permission to act a certain way. You've already dehumanized the other humans around you once you've decided you are competition not tribe. So I could just see that being a little bit more dangerous of a time to carry cash than normal. So as much as I really loved that as a limiting idea, um, maybe have an accountability buddy that you have a talk with like, hey, you said you were just getting these things. Like this is just me reminding you, right? But yeah, unfortunately the violence is some of the stuff, like I said, the top that's ruined it for me. And uh, I know I remember the first story I heard that I was like, holy shit, people like are really going crazy over this thing, this X thing, right? But uh, so mine was the Furby. I remember the Furby being the hot holiday toy of the season because, you know, there was that, right? Every season there's like, this was the hot toy that kids want. Thanks, Mattel. Uh, <laughs> that started with commercials being played during Christmas from Mattel. That was something that I think um, the Mr. Reverend and I learned watching the toys that made America. Mm -hmm. was that was where that started was kind of some Christmas time stuff and, and Mattel helped do some of that but I remembered that somebody's fingers got broken over a Furby I was able to find the story there was a woman who tackled broke the fingers of and punched out store employees for a Furby uh, so that year, Tickle Me Elmo was also notoriously competitive. Like, people were really going after it in the 1990s. But it was also the Furby. An owl meets alien creature that spoke, quote, furbish and moved its own mouth, eyes, and ears. And one Toy Story employee will never forget the madness and violence those furry little robots brought out in shoppers. The quote says, We were instructed to pass out numbers rather than actual toys to the first nine customers in line, recalled a Reddit user. 
When we opened the doors, it was pretty organized because we had set up lines and it was also a high-end neighborhood. I gave the first person their number and then all of a sudden I am tackled from behind. This woman slammed into me and knocked me to the floor and ripped the tickets out of my hand, breaking two of my fingers. The employee took comfort knowing that the shopper who had pummeled them would be going home empty-handed. Quote, the store refused to give her a Furby and tried to detain her until the cops show up, but she decked our manager and walked out. So not only is it disgusting behavior, it goes into she justified hurting somebody. Like, actually causing physical harm. That wasn't like I accidentally got pushed into you. She tackled him because she realized she wasn't going to get a ticket, I'm assuming. And, yeah, and the ridiculous thing, too, would be that if that employee retaliated, you know, with a punch back, um, the woman could have probably sued the store. Right. You know, there needs to be a, not necessarily an elite crack team, um, but some of the security people that work at these stores should have the legal ability to take down a customer doing that. Right. Now, that all being said, it would have been seen, like, in a court. And I don't know, because she did break their fingers, like, how much, you know, like, this situation. Um, I'm not sure how much of an argument she'd actually be winning there. But you're right. That is a liability. You are strongly discouraged as a retail worker from doing anything. It is the security person or no person Mm -hmm. that handles stuff like that. But just interesting that she then punched out the manager. So she wasn't even done being violent. And nothing happened to her, it sounds like. I, I have no idea if they found her, like, later. But she, at the very least, got away from that situation in the immediate. Yeah. So that was the craziness that I remembered first going, like, whoa. Well, speaking of not getting away. Um, <laughs> Too soon on this one. Yeah. Um, oh, so this one's sad. Yeah, this uh, this isn't the first one I recall, but it's the most memorable. It happened in 2008 in Long Island. Um, it was just a poorly... It was a Walmart, and it was just... People just went nuts when the door open, doors open, and a Walmart employee was trampled to death. Yeah, you know, and that you know sh- shouldn't have happened. Period. I mean, they, they they shouldn't have been hurt. They shouldn't have been killed. Um, the fact that people were so frenzied that they didn't take the time to you know just calm down, you know, walk into the store in an orderly fashion, they needed to run. You know. Right, the competitive elbows upness, the stuff that I said made me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, because I graduated high school in 03, so this is five years after I graduated, which meant, you know, yeah, that that's the kind of stuff that the aggressiveness I remembered from probably early 2000s, if not late, late 1990s. Yeah, and I also uh, found a People magazine article with people with uh, retail employees recounting some of their, um, <laughs> you know, Black Friday uh, horror stories. And I'm not going to go through each and every one of them, but um, here's one: Beanie Babies. They would toss the Beanie Babies from a bin on a table. People were vultures after these things. I was about nine, and an old lady grabbed a cat out of my hand. I stomped on her foot and stole it back. I was so proud. <laughs> oh God. Um, and and um, with these uh, 
the stories that we talked about, we will definitely have the links up on our show uh, show notes for you to check out. And uh, you had a question for our audience. I did have a question for our audience because I don't remember that I have a question for the audience. This is question for us. Oh, I thought you meant no, no, for the that was just too. for us. <laughs> well, we can, but yeah, I'll, what, I'll put that out to you. Was. I will yeah. put it out to you, the audience. Uh, if you are listening to the show on Spotify, you can answer the question directly on there. What is the first Black Friday horror story you remember? Yes. Yeah, so, like our examples, mine was the Furby. Like as a kid, I remember the holy shit. So, what was your? holy shit, this is what happens on Black Friday moment that you remember. I'm, I'm so dying to know because I know we've got some people that are different ages because, you know, not everybody's going to remember the Furby. Some people may have heard Furby and be like, what the fuck is a Furby? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, granted, they're I think they're still like around and somewhat popular enough. Like I saw like Tamagotchi pets or whatever of all of the things recently. So I think we're getting on a cycle with toys, much like how we do with clothing. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. But anyway, I think that will uh, wrap it up here for us, unless you have anything else you want to add. Oh, no. Just, uh, you know, do your best to enjoy the holidays. I think we can go a little bit less materialistic, though. Like, I think at the end of the day, I'm not surprised to say that I would be okay if Black Friday went away, at least our frenzied nature around it. Because I would be really okay if we got rid of some of the materialism around Christmas in general, right? Like, I don't know. I love making things for my family over buying them. And so far, nobody's been disappointed with that. Um, It acts as a handcraft for me to get me through some of the darker seasons. And it's not requiring any level of elbows up or a disappointment if it's just not on the shelf. Yeah, you won't have to sharpen your ninja skills before shopping. (sighs) Wow. But yes, indeed. And uh, with that, I think we will wrap it up. Thank you all for listening each Saturday. We'll have something in this podcast space to entertain your ear holes. Until we meet again, we bid you adieu. Happy holidays, folks. And fuck Santa, baby. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.